of the sea in the house of the Lord of the sea. Turn to Rev, uh, Revelation. Psalms chapter 38. Psalms chapter 38. This is kind of a... <laughs> This, uh, you know, this thought kind of me, it's kind of, sounds kind of awful, but a sickening psalm, because he's sick. That's that's the picture here in this psalm. He's sick, um, or diseased. But anyway, um, Psalm 38. O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure, for thine arrows stick fast in me; thy hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For mine iniquities are going over mine head, as in heavy burden they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of thy foolishness, my foolishness. I am troubled, I am bowed down greatly, I go mourning all the day long. For my loins are filled with loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am sore and or I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before thee, and my groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panteth, my strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it also is gone from me. My lovers and my friends stand aloof from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. They also that seek after my life lay snares for me, and they that seek my hurt speak mischievous things and imagine deceits all the day long. But I, as a deaf man, heard not, and I was as a dumb man that openeth not his mouth. Thus I was as a man that heareth not, and whose mouth are no reproofs. For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou wilt hear, O Lord, my God. For I said, Hear me lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. For I am ready to halt, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare my iniquity, I will be sorry for my sin. But mine enemies are lively, and they are strong. They that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. They also that render evil for, evil for good are mine adversaries, because I follow the thing that is good. Forsake me not, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity privilege we have to open your precious word tonight. And I pray as we look into this uh, psalm, and I pray that you would uh, encourage us and challenge us and uh, help, help um, and warn us of the dangers and the destructive nature of sin. Um, so, Father, I pray that you would just encourage us and challenge us. We'll thank you and praise you for what you do. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we have here, I guess you would say, a picture of the disease of sin and its effects upon the soul and the spirit and even the body. It, it affects every part of man's being. You know, Saul's sin affected him, body, soul, and spirit. And when David played with a harp, it affected his body, his soul, and his spirit. He was refreshed, he was made well, and the evil spirit departed from him. 
1 Samuel 16 tells us that. So, uh, some things we, we see here. First of all, sin is contagious. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it, it spreads to other parts of the body. You know, the Bible compares it in the book of Corinthians to leaven. And leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I mean, if you put it in dough, it's going to leaven the whole thing. It's going to affect the whole thing. And so, you know, here he talks about uh, how it spreads. In verse 3, it says, There is no sign of my flesh because of thine anger. There is any rest in my bones because of my sin. Uh, verse 4, For my iniquities are going over my head. So he talks about his head. Uh, verse 7, he talks about his loins. For my loins are filled with a loathsome disease. There is no soundness in my flesh. And then verse 10, My heart panteth, my strength faileth. As for the light of mine eyes, it also is gone from me. So, you see, you know, it affects his loins, his head, his heart, his eyes. It affects every part. Uh, of course, it starts, in the, it starts with... In in, in 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 with our thinking, uh, I think Bob Jones Sr. is the one that said, uh, "quote that behind every sin there's a process of wicked thinking." And so, so sin is contagious, uh, whether it's in with just an individual, or whether it's in church, or whether you know wherever it is, nation, it, it it's it's contagious. Uh, it's like a disease that is cont- a contagious disease. So it it, it is uh, it spreads. It, of course, is corrupt. Uh, verse 5, my wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. It causes decay. It causes weakness. Verse 6, he says, I'm, I'm, bow- I'm troubled, I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning. Verse 8, he says, I'm feeble and sore broken. Uh, verse 10, again, my heart panteth, my strength faileth me. And the light of mine eyes is also. So, you know, it... it it, it causes decay and weakness. The wages of sin is death. Um, you know, it, causes, it causes weakness. It corrupts. It also uh, brings conviction or, or, or pain, you might say. An interesting verse 2 says, For thine arrows stick fast in me. And thy hand presseth me sore. Now, I heard uh, uh, Bob Jones, not Bob Jones, Bill Rice III one time illustrate in John 16 where it talks about the Spirit uh, uh, convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. He said the, world convic- the word convict there is like to set a weight on. Do you ever, do you ever uh, uh, try and catch a snake and you, you put... You put a, you know, something down on its head or right behind its head, and the, the whole body, and then the rest of the body you know, wiggles like this. You, what you're doing, you've set a weight on it, and you've made it uncomfortable. You know, maybe you have experienced, like, I feel like I've got carrying a weight on my shoulders when a person's in sin. A burden. And that's the idea here. He says, thine arrows stick fast in me. Kind of reminds me of the story of the father who, every time his son disobeyed him, and this wasn't me, 
But, you know, it was a good idea, but I never did it. But anyway, every time his son disobeyed him, he'd make him go drive a nail in the barn door. And after a few years, you know, there's a lot of nails in the barn door. One day his dad said to the son, you can go pull all the nails out of the barn door. And so the boy went and disappeared. And after when he came back, and he's in tears. And he said, his dad said, what's the matter? He said, the barn door is full of holes. That's what sin will do to your life. It's a terrible sin will, sin will poke holes in your life. It is like a disease uh, that's stinking and putrefying. But, but I want to notice also here, and these are all D's. I have six D's here. First of all, sin displeases God. If you notice in verse 1, O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. God is displeased with our sin. You know, what is sin really? What is it? Is it not disbelief or unbelief? We fail to believe God and obey Him? That's what, you know, if you go over to the book of Hebrews, and we know that the children of Israel sinned against the Lord time and time again, and it says because of their, Hebrews 3 says because of their unbelief. Their unbelief. Instead of believing God, they believe their own understanding. Or trust in their own understanding. So sin is really disbelief. It's, it's a lack of trust in God. And John tells us in 1 John that if, if, if we believe not, we make him a liar. So, you know, God, sin displeases the Lord. The Bible tells us that God is angry with the wicked every day. He's angry with the wicked every day. So it's a displeasure. It displeases him. And so the psalmist says, you know, some believe this psalm was actually a psalm that David penned after he had sinned with Bathsheba. Many commentators believe that there was probably a year of a time between the actual sin with Bathsheba and when David repented. And so, you know, Psalm 32 is another one and Psalm 51. But, but anyway, but whatever it is here, you know, God was displeased. When David sinned, it displeased the Lord. Displeased the Lord. So our sin is a displeasure to the Lord. It also, secondly, it destroys fellowship with the Lord. You know, uh, again, verse 1, O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Uh, it will bring the chastening of God. Verse 11 says, my, love, my lovers and my friends stand aloof from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. Your sin destroys fellowship with God and with those that love the Lord. Of course, we see this you know, played out for us in, in Genesis Chapter 3, after Adam and Eve have sinned, God comes looking for Adam and Eve and said, Adam, where art thou? Where art thou? Look at Second Chronicles chapter 16. Second Chronicles chapter 16. <clears throat> 
Second Chronicles chapter 16. You might keep your place. I'm going to be going back here several times. But anyway, Asa, you know, Asa, the Bible here tells us about Asa. And Asa was a fairly good king that started out very well, but he didn't end real well. But it says, you know, in chapter 15, uh, he had just removed his, his mother from being queen. And uh, he had also, in chapter 14, got a great victory in battle because he trusted the Lord. But in, in chapter 16, in the uh, 5 and 30th year of his reign, verse 19 of chapter 15 tells us that, but it says, in the 6th and 30th year of his reign, of Asa, Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasures of the house of the Lord and of the king, a king's house and sent to Benadad, king of Syria, that dwelt at Damascus, saying, There is a league between me and thee, as there was between my father and thy father. Behold, I have sent thee silver and gold. Go break thy league with Basha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. And Ben-Hadad hearkened unto King Asa and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel. And they smote Ajonah, Dan, and Abel, Maim, and all those store cities of Nasali. And, of course, uh, it came to pass when Abasha heard it that he left off building of Ramah and let his work cease. Uh, but uh, if, if it dropped down to verse 7, it says, At that time Hanani the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Assyria, of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubans a huge host, with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet, because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars." And then Asa was wroth with the seer and put him in a prison house, for he was enraged with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed, notice this, Asa oppressed some of the people the same time. So, you know, Asa's sin, you know, he took, you know, it says that, uh, that he sent to Benadad and said, you know, your father and my father had a league together, and so make a league with me. But his father didn't send him the silver and gold out of the house of the Lord. And because of this thing, you know, really it was a lack of trust in the Lord that he did this thing because he had just defeated a huge host. But because of this thing, you know, the, the, the prophet uh, rebukes him for it. And instead of confessing his sin, what does he do? He gets in a rage and he oppresses some of the people. See, sin destroys fellowship with God and amongst God's people. It destroys fellowship. It also, thirdly, it defiles our walk. Again, in verse 3 of Psalm 38 says, There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is any rest in my bones because of my sin. Uh, so, you know, he, th- there was no soundness, uh, no rightness about him. You know, Amos 3.3 3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Yet when we, when we 
when we sin, we go against the Lord. And, and so there's, it defiles our walk. You know, Israel in the wilderness, again, Israel in the wilderness was continually walking contrary to the Lord. Walking in unbelief, a failure to believe God, a, a, to, a willingness to follow their own desires. You know, and that, that's what, what sin is. You know, the Bible tells us in James 1.14 that, that you, know, uh, um, you know, I'm trying to remember how that, you know, it's, 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 it's our own when we, when we follow our own lusts. And when our own lust, when it's conceived, it bringeth forth sin. You know, it's, it's not of God. It's of our own lust. And so, so he, it defiles our walk with the Lord. Uh, he said there's no soundness in his flesh. But fourthly, it also discourages the work of the Lord. Notice verses 6 through 8. He says, I'm troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. For my loins are filled with loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Does that sound like a picture of a working man? Your diseased body is limited in what it can do, if anything. But I will also submit to you that when we, when we walk in sin, when we disobey the Lord, there's not anything we can do to please the Lord. Second Timothy chapter 2. <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 20 and 21 says this, But in the great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he's talking about uh, uh, profane and vain babblings and and things of no value, uh, verses 16 and 17, if man therefore purge himself from these, he should be a vessel unto honor, sanctified in meat for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. You see, sin in our life will discourage the work of the Lord. Uh, John 15, verse 5, Jesus said, Without me you can do nothing. The flesh profiteth nothing, John 6, or John 6 tells us. The flesh profiteth nothing. And, and, and Peter, Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, 8 and 9, he talks about a man that forgets he was purged from old sin. 2 Peter 1, verse 8 and 9, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things. Now, when he's talking about the, the things here, he's talking about vir- faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, and brotherly kindness, and charity. That's in verses 5 and 6. And we're to add those to our life. You know, that's walking in the Spirit. If we're walking in the Spirit, we're going to add those to our life. But he says that if we lack these things, verse 9, he is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Again, 
well, let's go to the next one, and I'll go back to Asa. But, but so, so it discourages the work. You can't, you can't, it's impossible to work to please the Lord if you're not walking in fellowship with the Lord. Any more than you can work when you're sick. But also, fourth or fifthly, it deadens or destroys the power of God. Notice verse 10. My heart panteth, my strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it is also gone from me. Again, a diseased body is a powerless body. It's one without power. Uh, you know, and it's, and it's not possible to live in sin and have the power of God. Again, Second uh, Chronicles chapter 16, I want to go back there to, to Asa. And I want, you, I want to point something out here. Instead of relying on the Lord, Asa relied on Benadad. And that was what the prophet rebuked him for. And I want you to notice the, the result of this. You know, after, if you look at chapter 15, verse 19... Uh, in chapter 14 and chapter 15, chapter 14, he had defeated a great host. In chapter 15, he had, he had removed his mother from being queen. Everything was great. And he says there was no, and verse, chapter 15, verse 19 says this, there was no more war unto the five and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa. Well, look at chapter 16 and verse 9. The end of that verse says this, Therefore, from henceforth, thou shalt have wars. You see, when Asa turned away from lying and trusting and believing God and trusted in his flesh, what he could do and what his people could do and not what God could do, he brought war into his life. Your war is contention, it's troubles. And because he didn't rely on the Lord, he didn't trust in the power of God, now he's going to have war. He has weak, what he has done is weakened himself in the eyes of the world. I was talking to with Pastor Webb here, oh, this is a couple of years ago. And uh, talking about a college or university that was kind of getting wavier on their position, and I and and I said, well, when when people start pushing your buttons, if you start giving a little bit, they're only going to push harder, and then they're going to require or expect you to to give in a little bit more and a little bit more. That's the way the, that's the way the world works. If you give in a little bit, if you compromise a little bit, they get, they know you you're. They, they find a weak spot. They're going to keep pressuring you. And this is what happened to Asa here. Uh, he, the, he, he weakened himself. He, he didn't rely on the Lord. Instead of trusting in God like he had done before, he leaned on the arm of the flesh. And, and the prophet said, from thenceforth, you're going to have wars. Because now people know. They, they found a weakness. No, we, re- we need to rely, see, we need to rely on the power of God, not in the arm of the flesh. 
Paul said in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. In 2 Corinthians 12.9, he, he, he rejoiced, was glad for his infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me, he said. So, so it, you know, when, we, when we sin, it deadens the power of God being demonstrated in our life. Then number six, but we see that deliverance is in the Lord. If you notice in verse 15, For in thee, O Lord, do I help, do I hope. Thou wilt hear, O Lord my God. For I said, Hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. For I am ready to halt, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare my iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. See, so we see here our hope. You know, when we sin, our hope is in the Lord. That's the only place we can find hope, can find help, is in the Lord. You know, the enemy is going to uh, come at us, but we can find hope, we can find confidence, we can find assurance in the Lord. And we need to, we need to come to him. If, if notice he says, For I said, Hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. You know, you're going to slip. We all sin. But we need to seek the Lord. Put our hope in him. Uh, lest the enemy magnify themselves against us. And so... Of course, we need to realize our hope is in the Lord. Of course, this comes about through confession of sin, verses 17 and 18, for I am ready to halt. In other words, I'm ready to stop. I'm ready to, to be done with this. Uh, I'm sorry for my sin. Notice it says, and my sorrow is continually before me, for I will declare my iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. I'm ready, Lord, to repent of my sin. That, was, that is true confession. Declaring my iniquity. That's what it means to confess. You know, 1 John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, it really means to declare or to agree with God about our sin. We have to declare it to Him, not hide it, not make excuses for it. So there needs to be a confession of sin. Uh, and then we trust in Him. Uh, for deliverance. If you notice verses 21 and 22. It says forsake me not O Lord. O my God. Be not far from me. Make haste to help me. O Lord my salvation. You know the Lord will not forsake us. He's promised to not forsake us. And when we come back to him. When we repent of our sin. Uh, he is our salvation. He will deliver us. You know he is of course, he is the one who is who, who uh, uh, gave himself as a sacrifice for our sin. He has emancipated us, or he has set us free from sin, delivered us from death. But he also is the one who will empower us by his Holy Spirit. You know, John, First John two twenty says, "We have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things." Now, somebody has said, "Knowledge is power." 
Knowledge of the truth is power. The truth is liberating. And if we have knowledge of God and his word, we can then be delivered or saved from the, the power of sin. But you know, it comes by knowledge. You can't do what you don't know. And so, yeah, the Lord is our salvation. Uh, he has paid the penalty for our sin to deliver us from death, but he has also given us the Holy Spirit to empower us, to have victory over our sin. Now, we, we may have times in our life where we struggle with sin, where we struggle in our, in our walk with the Lord, but we have to put our hope and our trust in him. We need to declare our iniquity before him and be sorry for our sin. That's, that's true confession. And trust him to give us victory over our sin. You know, this is a great picture that the wage of sin. Do you, you ever think about the fact that Romans chapter 6 verse 23 is written to save people? Now I know this most often used in the context of witnessing to lost people. But that's really not who it's written to. The context there is written to save people. Sin will destroy you as God's children. You know, think about the, the destruction that David brought into his own family. Think of the destruction. You know, Asa's sin really killed him because he... After Hanani rebuked him, he, he, he put him in prison. He, he uh, uh, um, yeah, what's the word there? He oppressed some of the people after that. And then he was diseased in his feet. And the Bible says, and he turned to the, trusted in the physicians and not the Lord. And his disease killed him. Took his life. Think about the, the, consequence, the, the damage that David did to his own household and to the nation of Israel because of his sin. Yet God forgave him his sin. Yet God can forgive us. But like that little boy with the barn door with all the holes in it, it does affect our life. And so we ought to be warned and beware of the dangers and the destructiveness of sin. And walk, keep short accounts with the Lord. And endeavor to walk with him. Lest we be destroyed by the wages of sin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time of your word tonight. Thank you for uh, the warning that it gives to us. Uh, I pray, Father, that you help us as your people to realize the the dangers and the consequences, that there are consequences uh, to living in sin, a life of sin, uh, displeasing you. Uh, Father, we know that whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So, Lord, help us to walk in a way that pleases you. Help us to keep our mind and our hearts centered uh, on thee and, um, and think on good things that our lives might glorify you. And it be a demonstration of the power and work of the Holy Spirit. We do thank you and praise you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.